We're just going to flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because in the New Testament, Acts chapter 10, it said, as Peter taught these words, it said, the Spirit of God fell upon them. Amen. That's my, that's my prayer is that as I would minister, the Spirit of God would fall. Hallelujah. And that you would receive what you need to receive. Richard, you would receive what you need to receive. Every person in this place, that you would receive what you need to receive by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians 5. Just going to kind of just keep flowing with where we were Sunday morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Mm. Revival is what we've been, what seeds that we've been sowing for the last several months. Hallelujah. And I, I, I sense this, there's, a, there's a shift in the atmosphere of our church. I believe, I believe there's something significant going on. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Just some of these definitions that I taught about throughout this. But revival is, revival is God's desire and plan for every individual, for the church and for the world. Revival is not a goosebump or a feeling. It is a coming alive. It's a transformation. Third one is revival in itself is an awakening to the thought that there is more. Now think about that. Just that, that revival is the, just the thought that, that, wait a minute, there's more than what I've known. There's more than what I've experienced. I'm not settling for yesterday's manna. I'm not settling for a move of God that happened 30 years ago. I know there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. You say, well, pastor, I, I've experienced the presence of God. Well, I know there's more. Well, you, you don't understand, pastor. I've experienced the presence of God on a whole nother level. Well, I want you to know no matter what level you got to, there's still another one. There's a greater yielding. There's a greater yielding. And that's, that's a word that we need to, we need to really learn to, to uh, understand in our Christian walk is learning what we, what we yield to and then what we resist. Another definition, and this is the one that I've really been, uh, been uh, thinking about the most about this season and where we are, and, and it's this, revival is about a season of separation, Hallelujah. When you talk about going into a revival service where we talk about Pensacola or we talk about different things that, that happen throughout the earth or, or that might be happening at this church or happening in, in that church, whatever it is, it's ultimately it's about God bringing his people to a place of separation. It's I'm separating them from the norm and I'm, I'm, I'm having them go into another direction. I'm having them disconnect from one source and, and hook up with another source. Revival is about a season of separation. And I believe that's what we are in 
as a, as a church body. And I believe as, as you, if this is your church and where you're a part of, then I believe it's really me as a pastor. It's speaking into the destiny of our life in the, in the now season, so to speak, is, and I'm not calling myself a prophet, but, but, but on a prophetic edge, declaring that we are in a season of separation. A season of separation. You know, uh, you, we have to embrace seasons of separation. Why would I say that? Well, because, because there's principles in the Word of God, and, and one such principle we can find in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, it says, You are clean because of the Word that I've spoken to you. That's what, he, that's what he was talking about. He goes, he talked to the disciple and he says, you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to. Meaning, meaning you're, you're changed because of the word that you've heard. But he also talks about that more fruit can't grow unless something's been taken away. That there's the season of separation is always about more fruit. It's all about something greater than where you are. God's not going to, God separated me some, from some things, not so I would miss out on some things. It may have looked like that in the natural, but he separated me from some things. Why? Because he saw more in my life. He saw more than where I, where I was currently at. He saw something more. He saw something that I couldn't see. And he was saying, hey, come away from that. Embrace me. And I'm telling you, you will go, you, I'll be able to do more in your life than that could ever take place. So revival is about a season of separation. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Mm. Let's look at verse 14 in Ephesians 5. I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit tonight. Which is a good one to follow. Praise the Lord. Therefore he says... Awake you who sleep. Now this isn't talking about someone that's snoring. This is talking about someone that's indifferent. Do you ever see that movie, uh, the um, the emoji movie? And what was the the one? The main meh meh. Well, y'all just religious. I said emoji movie, and you're like, but he was like meh, meaning it's like uh, it's not sad, not happy, just uh, uh. I'm not saying you had to see it. I'm not saying go out and watch it. Okay, if you happen to see it, then you know who I'm talking about. But you know what? You know some meh Christians, uh. Is God good or what? Uh, that was I'm doing an illustration here, okay? Is God good or what? Uh, uh, uh. So he's saying, awake you that's uh, just indifferent. I mean, you don't, you're kind of, you don't care, but you care. It's like, uh, if God wants to move, great. Nothing happens. Uh, that's who Paul is talking to here. He says, awake you that are indifferent. He goes on and says, 
arise from the dead. The word dead here isn't talking about someone that's kicked the bucket or someone that's six feet under. Arise from the dead here is you that have no passion. So he's saying awake to you that's indifferent and wait and arise you. Actually, the definition is defined this to be without a sense of life. And I define it as no passion, no excitement. You're not expecting anything. Ah. Awake, you that are indifferent. Arise, you that are dead. And what does it say? And Christ will give you light. Meaning, this, this has to become, a, this is a choice. Are you going to respond to the call of Paul? Are you going to respond to really the scripture that Paul is quoting from the Old Testament to them for it to be a living reality saying, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. What Christ will give you light. Christ will give you life. Christ will give you fire. But it's a choice to arise and it's a choice to awake. What choice are you going to make? I don't know about you, but I'm rising. I don't know about you, but, but I, I, I'm, I'm awake. I'm alert. Are you awake? Are you alert? Amen. So, so Paul's talking about, hey, you have to separate from those that if you want Christ's life, then you have to separate from a life of indifference. If you want Christ's life, you're going to have to separate from a life that hasn't, doesn't have passion. And Christ will give you light. Meaning, when you make a choice to arise, when you make a choice to awake, Christ is right there. See, it's a decision. How far will you go? How far do you want to go? How much more do you want? How much of God's presence do you want to experience? What signs and wonders do you want to see? How bad do you want to see your community touched? Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. Because when we do those things and we answer that, then what Christ will give us light. All he's looking for are hearts that are saying, yes, I I, I desire a season of separation. Next verse says, see then that you walk circumspectly. So this also goes into, this is continuation, right? So, so how is Christ going to give us light? How, what's going to, how is it going to take place? He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What, the best way for me to translate that for tonight would be this, see that you walk with purpose. Circumspectly, meaning, meaning you're walking with purpose. You're not living haphazardly. You're not living as the unwise or the foolish, but you're living with a sense of life and you're living with a sense of purpose. And my purpose is I want him. Therefore, 
Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. We talked about this Sunday. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Say, be filled. Be filled. As I was looking at this, this word fill here means, one of the definitions is to diffuse. To diffuse throughout and to diffuse thoroughly. The definition diffuse means to pour out and spread out widely and wastefully. So here, be filled, be diffused with. Thoroughly and throughout. And this is be being. Meaning this is in a constant state. Of being filled. Tonight I'm talking about be filled and overflowing. Realize we are a container. We are vessels. Grandson, a number of years ago, um, <laughs> there was a song called uh, "New Wine" by uh, by Hillsong and. And there's this one part he would say, make me a, make me a vessel. And he, he would go, make me a vessel. <laughs> make me, and he would walk around the house, make me a vessel. I'm sorry, just, just a little life of, life, life of grandkids, you know. Just like Sunday morning. Which of Wobbits? Which of Wobbits will be here Sunday? I love that. That was so good. A vessel, a container. A vessel and a container is meant to carry something. But it's not just to carry something, but it's to release something. A vessel is meant to hold something with the intent to keep, with the intent to release. See. Brad, come up here and help me for a second. Okay, pour me in some water. Come on, Brad, give me some water. Brad, give me some water. Give me some water. See, it's all he's got. So we, there was one drop, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's not even coming out there. But <laughs> you, thank you, Brad. The, the point I want you to see is a vessel is meant to carry something with the intent to release it. So... When I release what I have, it can be meant to bless someone else with. But we have, if we're, not, if we're not awake and we don't arise, and we're not being filled with the Spirit, then we don't have anything 
in our vessel. So revival is a season of separation. So we can be vessels that are full and overflowing to release to hurting humanity. A vessel. We are vessels. Philippians 2 tells us about Jesus and said he emptied himself. Jesus said he emptied himself. Why? Because he's a vessel. Second Timothy chapter 2 says we are vessels. He goes, he goes, purge yourself. I think this is what it says. Purge yourself that you can be vessels under honor. That you might be meat for the master's use. That lets me know that there could be things in my vessel that I don't need there. See, sometimes we could be an empty vessel. But sometimes we could be a vessel carrying the wrong things. Because he says, purge the vessel. So you could be meat for the master's use. So we need to be filled. Filled. So we have something to release to humanity. Revival is not saying, hey, didn't we have an amazing service? And didn't, did you see what the glory of God did? And did you see how, how everyone was laughing? Do you see how everyone was falling out of the power? Praise the Lord. But the question is, when you got up, was your vessel filled? And did you go out and release it into someone else? We're vessels. We're containers. Go to John chapter 7. You can drink that, Pastor Phil, if you want. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 7. Just some just simple things that, I mean, most of us know. But it's important because sometimes we just kind of just mental assent. John chapter 7, verse 37 says, On the last day of that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures Scripture has said, out of his heart, it can be translated belly, out of his belly, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. If anyone is thirsty, if, if you're thirsty, you're empty. If you're thirsty, then you want more. If you're thirsty, then you have a deficit. And Jesus is trying to get the people that are all around to recognize their deficit. If anyone is thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. And then it says, it says, those that would believe on him, as the scripture have said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believed in him would receive. Those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. 
So we know Jesus is speaking to future tense. So let me have, ask you a question. Do you believe on him as the scriptures have said? Because he's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. Have you believed on him as the scripture have said? Then it says out of your belly, out of your belly of us believing on him as scripture have said, out of our belly shall flow. The word flow there means to run. It means to run without hindrance. To flow without hindrance. That should be how we are so filled with and overflowing with the Spirit of God that it just is running out of us. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Living there means that which fully satisfies the whole being. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of the very things that will satisfy the whole being. Everything we have need of comes from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And the Word of God came by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, he was standing around talking to Pharisees, Sadducees. They're all standing around. This is the last day of the feast. Everyone's there. Thousands of people were in Jerusalem at this time. And Jesus stands up. If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Everything you need have is found with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. A little side thought, and this is kind of Justin's thought in this. What I've seen in Scripture, and don't say that this is fact or anything, but you know, in chapter 8, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, the, the Pharisees, they brought her to Jesus. And said, and Jesus said to the, said, you know, if any man is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And it's that they all walked away one by one and he sat down and he, he wrote something in the dust. Let me, let me read something to you real quick. Go to, go to Jeremiah 17. There's always debates. Well, what was Jesus writing? And this is my, this is my revelation, my opinion of, of what he was writing and why he was writing it. Verse 13, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who dar- depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. I believe that Jesus was writing their names in the dust because they were forsaking him as the living water when he stood up and said, all who are thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. So the thing is, is that we have to, we have to do is not forsake the living water. Living water needs to be something 
that we constantly tap into on a daily basis. I want this water. I need this water. How about you? You know, you've got a sponge up here and and a sponge has a purpose. But I mean, the sponge is hard. It's kind of crispy. And as much as I could give this to you and say, hey, hey, try to try to do something with this without getting it wet. It won't fulfill its purpose. But yet, spiritually speaking, how many believers are walking around like a crispy sponge? A hard sponge. You see, we have to tap into the living water because the sponge, just like the container, is a, is a glass, is a container... It's a vessel. So when I spend time with living water, then I have something that I can release. But if you don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that you can release and you won't fulfill your purpose. Just like the sponge will never fulfill its purpose without being in the water. Be filled in overflowing. Be filled in overflowing. The foundational truth we need to understand is this life of communion with the Holy Spirit. Daily communion with the Holy Spirit. Something that I want to learn more. Something that we all need to press in more. Now listen to this is how to be still, still in God's presence. What is a season of separation for if we won't be still once we're separated? It's like you can be separated and and be in the right place, but not hear anything he's saying because you're not still. You can come, you can come to a church service and you can be in the, in the presence of the Lord and the glory of God is there and people are praising but not receive anything. Why? Because you're distracted. Because you're not still. So it's not just separation, but it's once you're separated, are you going to be still enough to receive from Him to get filled up? Go back to, go to Luke 24, and this is a scripture I've gone to a lot. Luke 24. You're receiving something. Man, it's already 8 o'clock. Wow. Verse 46 says, Then he said to them, them, Thus it is written, Thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Wait, wait, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Verse 47. 
Wait until you're filled. We've also said marinated. Overflowing. But you have to be still. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We need to turn. Sorry, we need to tune our hearts so we can see what he sees. What would it be like to know the full reality of God that Jesus did and walk in it? What if just all of us in this room, we could take this next week and walk like Jesus walked? You're like, that's not possible. That's, that's, that's Jesus you're talking about, Pastor. But what did Jesus say? He said, as, as my Father sent me, so I send I you. But it won't happen if we're not still. Come away from the crowd. Come away from busyness. So what if we could, just us in this room here, or watching by way of internet, just we could walk like Jesus did for one week in tune with the Holy Spirit. Go to Psalms 23. Be filled up, be overflowing. Psalms 23, and this is familiar to us. I want to maybe read this in a little bit different way or communicate it in a little bit different way than maybe we've seen it before. And just let's look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, if you're at a place where you don't want then you must be full. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. As I was looking at this this afternoon and just praying over this and never really saw it this way before, maybe you have. But it's almost like verses 2 through 6 are almost a description on why he doesn't want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Why do I not want? Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. Let's not go too quick. Let's not go too quick right now with that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall be overflowing in full. Why? Because he makes me lie down. Lie down in green pastures. Lie speaks to me of rest. 
it speaks of ceasing from going forward. It means being still. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because he makes me lie down. Will you take the time to lie down in green pastures? We can be so busy, but do we take the time to lie down in green pastures? A green pasture means there's, there's everything I need is there. It's green. It's flourishing. He didn't say he'll make me lie down in the dusty field. I'm lying down in the green pasture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why does he not want? Why? Because he leads me beside still waters. I probably could take a <laughs> preach on each one of these <laughs> verses because I have before, but, but hear, hear, hear the heart of the Father tonight. Why does He not want? Why? Because He restores my soul. I mean, He takes care of my emotions. He takes care of what's going on in me. He takes going, the things that are waging war. He, take, he restores it. For his name's sake. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Why do I not want? Why? Because he anoints my head with oil. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, all these things have to do with being in close proximity to the shepherd. He's making me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because his rod and his staff are are with me. They comfort me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies and my cup runs over. Man. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's he saying? I'm going to stay where the shepherd is. I'm going to stay where the shepherd is. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because I'm dwelling where the shepherd is. This whole chapter has to do with not just what the shepherd would do for us. But it's because we're close to the shepherd. He can do those things. Thank you, Father. Go to Psalms 21. I have a number of Psalms I've, uh, I was going to go to, but I just don't feel like I need to go to all of them. Just Hallelujah. Verse 6. 
says, for you have made him most blessed forever. Most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. You've made him exceedingly glad with the, with exceedingly glad with your presence. But see, the gladness is a result of the presence. Just as being satisfied, going by still waters, rod and the staff comforting, your cup running over, goodness, mercy, following after you as being close with the shepherd. Exceeding gladness is a result from his presence. Jesus is saying, all that are thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. Exceedingly glad because of his presence. Go to Psalms 43. Fill us up. Fill us up. The shepherd always makes sure the sheep have enough. Hallelujah. Hmm. Verse 3. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Hmm. Send out your light and your truth. Send out your light and your truth. See, this is... The light represents the spirit. And the truth represents the spirit. He's a spirit of truth. So really both of these where the entrance of the word brings light. So we could say both of these send out your word and send out your spirit. Or send out your spirit and send out your word. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. So this light and this truth is what's going to lead our lives. Let them, let the spirit and the word bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy, and on the harp, I will praise you, O God, my God. Verse 4 again, then I will go to the altar of God, the presence of God, and it's to God, my exceeding joy. Wow, exceeding joy, exceeding joy. Psalm 16, in his presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Be filled. Be filled and overflowing. Hallelujah. All that are thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. Let me close with this scripture. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Danny, you can come up as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 
Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance. Through us diffuses the fragrance. This is no different than a container. You're a container. Hallelujah. Through us, He diffuses the fragrance. Through you, He diffuses something. He diffuses His presence. He diffuses everything He is into other people. That's that's why we get close to Him. That's why we're... (coughs) Pursuing Him, being still, for, for we are, hallelujah, through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Meaning, as a vessel, you are releasing Him in every place. Hallelujah. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing To the one, we are an aroma of death, leading to death, and to the other, an aroma of life, leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not so as many peddling the word of God, but as sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Meaning this relationship with Christ, this relationship with His glory, this relationship with His presence that causes me to be exceedingly glad, this relationship with His presence to have exceeding joy everywhere I go, this fullness is to get on to somebody else. Hallelujah. Let's learn. Not just to embrace a season of separation. But let's learn to embrace being still. Because it's in that the shepherd will be sure you're overflowing and filled through and through. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Hallelujah. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. So we overflow. Mm. Hallelujah. Do you desire to be full? Hallelujah. Just put your hand on your heart. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Be filled. Be filled. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. He's as all that are thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. Ibro salamando robocotor rabaya. Ikarabasombre de leboso. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill it up. Fill us up. Fill us up. Oh, Lord, help us to hunger. Hunger not just in, a, in this moment, Lord, but let us hunger tomorrow morning. Let us hunger when we lay our head down tomorrow night. Let us hunger the next day. Oh, Father, thank you for a hunger that, 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 that doesn't necessarily go away. Thank you, Lord, for just a, a divine dissatisfaction just to invade every heart in life, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we know, Father, we know that, that we need to stick to the vine. That we need to abide in the vine. That we need to abide in the Word and that we need to abide in Him. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, teach us what it looks like to abide. Teach us what it looks like to, to be still. Teach us what it looks like to be filled. Be filled, heritage of faith. Be filled. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Be filled. Be filled. Hallelujah. So, Father, fill us up until we overflow. Lord, that we choose and make a decision to live this life of stillness and communion with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the season of separation. You're taking us higher. Causing us to live in the maximum. Causing us to live on another level. A life of fullness. A life of freedom. And a life without limits. Totally, wholly flooded with you. That's our heart. Hallelujah. Do you receive that tonight? Hallelujah. We'll give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm.